0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Good morning. How is everybody? Can you give it up for our worship team? Incredible. Wow. So cool just to see. Uh, people that are gifted just do, do what they're, they're designed to do. It's, it's amazing. Uh, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor of the, of the Midland Church here. And just an honor. It's truly an honor to get to come to church here. I, I always just kind of have to stand over there and just pinch myself. Like, is this what you actually put me in, Lord? Because this, this family, this church, what God's doing here, it's just, uh, It's something. It, it is definitely something, and I'm just very, very honored to be a part of it. And so uh, we're glad that you're here. Like Braden said, if you're a first-time guest, we welcome you. So glad that you'd be with us. This is what we do every Sunday. We believe that, that God shows up when we show up. And uh, He's in our midst when two or three are gathered in His name. And so uh, we just expect God every single Sunday to come and impart who He is to us. How many of you know we need more of who God is and less of who sometimes we are? Anybody agree? You ever experienced too much of you and not enough of God? <laughs> if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, before I go any further, I just want to pray. I just want to ask the Lord just to continue. Father, I thank you. Yeah, We just come with, with hearts that say thank you. Thank you for what you've already done in worship. Thank you for moving on our hearts. Thank you for stirring us. I pray and I thank you that the atmosphere is is primed and ready for your word to go forth and you to depart something and impart something into us that is actually able, because your word is alive and your word is living, and it is able to change our lives. So we submit ourselves, our ears to you right now to hear a word from you, to hear your voice, and to actually believe that we could hear your instruction and we could actually see it come to pass in our life. I thank you, Father, that not one of your words ever goes back to you before it performs all in which you send it to perform. So I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your presence. We release these things and we agree for these things in your name Jesus, amen. Amen. I'm excited today just to share. uh, I believe that it's a simple word but I believe it's a profound one. And I, I, I think that we should start expecting every time that we come to church no matter what is spoken, no matter what the pastor begins to preach on, no matter if you've heard it five times or you've heard it 10,000 times, the Word can never be exhausted. The Word of God, when it's spoken, could never be exhausted, so any time that you hear the Word spoken, the Bible spoken, you should automatically expect for it to do something in your life that maybe it's never done before because it, it literally is alive and it wants to perform something in your life Today I wanna to talk to you about hearing God. I wanna to talk to you about hearing God. I believe that as born again believers, if that's you, that you have this ability to hear God. And today I wanna to talk through four, and this is an exhaust, isn't an exhausted list, but I wanna talk about four keys that I believe would help you hear from God. And I, I don't believe that hearing and the ability to hear from God is the issue. I believe that believing that you heard from God is the issue. We constantly are faced with this battle of believing. Do I truly believe that Jesus is all that he said that he is in my life? I know that it's written, but do I believe it? Do I truly believe that I could do the things that Jesus said I could do in my life? I know that it is written, but do I believe it? I know that Jesus actually calls himself the word and that I could hear him because I have ears and I have a spirit that was made perfect when I received Jesus, but do I believe that I actually can hear God? And sometimes we live in this wrestle, and we, we live in this place, this mental space of, was that God or was that me? Anybody ever ask yourself that question? I think I heard God, but, but I'm not sure if that was me or if, or if it was God. And we live in this tension often. And if you've ever been there, you're not alone because I think we, we oftentimes live there. But I want to start with this. I want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 9 and go through verse 12. It's going to be on the screen, but I would love for you to start bringing your Bibles and turn to it in your, in your own Bible so that you could actually see the words and know where it's at and write notes and do all of those things. But it says this in verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, I love the buts of God, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now we have received, this is we, this is us, not the spirit of this world or of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not know I'm sorry, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So we've been set up, according to the scripture, we've been set up to actually know the things of God. You've been set up to actually know the hidden wisdoms and the hidden things of the kingdom of God. You have an advantage because the Holy Spirit came and actually made his dwelling on the inside of you when you received Jesus, and now you're set up. You're not behind, you're ahead. If you're a spiritual person making Jesus your Lord, you're ahead of the natural man. This isn't something to be prideful or boastful about, but it's something to celebrate. You have been set up to know the things of God. So my first key that I want to share with you today just to help you know and believe that you can hear the voice of God is this, you need to receive and grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is the first, this is the first key, I wanna say this, I believe that in most of our lifetimes we're living in a space right now, we're living in a time right now where there's never been a more important time than right now to know the voice of God. There's never been a time right than right now for you to have an active, fully functioning relationship with the Holy Spirit than there is right now. With all of the manipulation and all of the fear and all of the, the things that, that we have to constantly sift through, to know the Helper and to know the Holy Spirit who is the Helper, the Spirit of Truth, who gives you wisdom and teaches you the hidden things of God, it is It is necessary and very, very important that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you could actually know what is God in this age and what is not God in this age. If you've never read the book of Jude, I encourage you to go read the book of Jude. It's one chapter. It's very simple. It'll explain some things uh, that I'm talking about in further detail. It'll explain the condition of our world right now. Jude prophesied some things in his book that is happening right now. And he talks about in Jude, verse 20, he says, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. So he, he I'm not gonna go into full, full Jude, but he talks about some things that are happening and he tells you what your, your position in the midst of what's happening should be. And part of that is find the Holy Spirit and then start praying with the Holy Spirit during this time. By a fully functioning relationship with with the Holy Spirit, uh, I believe that it's fantastic to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, but I believe that there's also this right that we have to ask Him to come upon us. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We've been taught that the Holy Spirit here, we've been taught that the Holy Spirit is in me for your sake, but... I mean, he's in me for my sake, but he comes upon me for your sake. And the Lord said, yes. (laughs) I never felt more powerful in a moment than my whole life. (laughs) And the heavens roared, yes, Cody. (laughs) Preach this word. (laughs) Acts chapter 1, we receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. So being in in you and being upon you are both very important things for living a life that looks like one who is following Jesus. I believe that every believer should ask the Holy Spirit to baptize, him, baptize them into his name, into his power. I believe that every, every believer should then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal or to um, solidify that baptism by giving them a prayer language. Speaking in tongues is what I'm talking about. I believe this is the most um, advantageous gift that, the, that God has ever given us. I'm going to explain a few things about the Holy Spirit and I, I don't, and praying in tongues. And, and I don't know where you land on this. I know that there's been a lot of things and I'm not, I'm not here to try to debunk anything. I'm just here to tell you the advantage, the benefits of, of having your own prayer language with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. Yeah. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Praying in the Spirit, me praying in tongues, you praying with your, with your, in your own spirit prayer language, it actually, Scripture says, this is not Cody says, Scripture says it's you speaking directly to God. Yes. You ever felt alone on this earth? like God never hears you. You ever said, God, I don't know where you are and I don't know if you even hear me. This gives you access to direct communication with God. This is an incredible gift that God has given us. Praying in tongues allows me to speak directly to God. Romans chapter eight, verse 26, it says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't not, We do not know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. When I pray in tongues, when I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit actually intercedes with me, for me. He comes and He joins me. You ever been in a position, you ever been going through something or you've been uh, uh, against something and you've prayed all that you know how to pray? You've bumped up to this place, like in Matthew chapter six, where it talks about uh, you. You shouldn't be like the, the the hypocrites that that pray and they and they expect to be heard for their their many things that they say. They they stand on the street corner and they they expect to be heard for their their their, their plenty of words. You ever been in that position? When I'm in that position, I go back to Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. Teach me to commune with God, because I have said all that my brain knows how to say. I have prayed all of my own words, so Holy Spirit, I'm asking for your intercession. I'm asking for your help. The Holy Spirit's help is the right kind of help. First Corinthians chapter 14, it says this, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The rest of that scripture, it's not up there, it says, but he who prophesies edifies the church. There's something about being able to speak in tongues and asking the Holy Spirit for this gift. Remember, we're talking about hearing God and believing that you can hear God. There's something about being able to pray in tongues through the power of the Holy Spirit. It builds up your inner man. It builds up your inner spirit. So that the moment that you have to minister or the moment that you have to give publicly, you're full. And actually the people that you're ministering to, they can actually get something they could sustain their life too. It edifies the person on the inside. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He gets strengthened on the inside. In hearing and talking about hearing uh, from God, I believe that growing in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, he is the helper, he is the spirit of truth. As scripture says, it sets us up for moments where we have this direct communication with God and we actually believe that we heard His voice. Knowing that you heard the Holy Spirit is a super incredible thing. I was thinking about this, this message and, and the Lord reminded me of a story This happened years and years and years ago. And when, when, when the Holy Spirit, when God whispers something to you, at first you're like, the question, was that you or was that me? I remember... When I was a youth pastor, this has been years ago, we had a very small group of, of high school students that gathered in the office across the street before this building was here. And uh, we, had, we had ordered a bunch of food and we were hanging out and just visiting and they were like, man, let's do something crazy tonight. I was like, y'all wanna go on a treasure hunt? Now, before you completely tune me out, just hold on. A treasure hunt, they're like, what is the treasure hunt? And I said, oh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna all pray. And uh, we're all gonna pray in tongues and we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, will you show us some things? Give us words, show us a picture, maybe a color, a name, whatever that is. Will you reveal your will in this moment to us? And I said, so you're gonna, we're, gonna say, we're, gonna, we're gonna pray and then just say anything that you hear and I'm gonna write them down. There's eight, eight to nine students in the room and, and so we start praying and as they start praying, they start hearing things. I heard the name Jesse, write it down. I heard the name Delia. I had never heard that name, I wrote it down. I heard the word Orlando, so we wrote it down. I feel like this person that we're going to pray for, that we're looking for is a homeless person, I wrote it down. I saw the color red, we wrote it down. So I said, all right, here's what we're gonna do, we're gonna find this person. And they're like, wait, what? Hold on a second, we were fine praying in here, in the, in the walls, but what if, what if we don't find this person? I'm like, it's okay, that'd be totally fine. So we leave. We figured out that the Orlando word was actually Florida Street. We prayed some more. God, would you reveal to us what does Orlando mean? And we, we, we came up with Florida Street. So we, we get in the vehicle and we start driving. We get to Florida Street right here. We turn left. We get all the way to the interstate and there ain't a single person that matches any of the words that we came up with. And they're like, oh man, we missed it. This didn't work. Gosh, now what? Turn around. We're driving back down <laughs> driving back down Florida Street. And there is this uh, this person, this this lady gets out of out of this car in front of forgive me. The sketchiest little dive bar in the smallest red miniskirt that I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and the kids are like, "There they are." And I'm like, "No, it's not them." <laughs> It can't be them. God, please don't let it be this person. Don't let me actually go on a treasure hunt and end up in jail because I took some students to a bar. So we actually just kept driving. I'm like, that's not them. God wouldn't do that to us. He's too good. Bless her. Bless her for sure. But we got to keep driving. So we keep driving. We get almost all the way back to Florida and Big Spring fixing the turn to come back to the church. And off one of the side roads, out of the corner of my eye, I see a glimpse of red. And I see it's a guy on a, back, uh, on a bike with a red backpack. So in the middle of Florida, I'm not a youth pastor anymore, so you can't hold this against me. We do a U-turn, and we go chase this dude down, and he disappears. I'm like, where did this guy go? There's, there's no way he got away from us that fast. And so we turn on one street, and he is way down the road, and then just turns around and starts riding towards us. So I flag him down, we get out of the vehicle, we start asking him all these questions, and I'm like, hey, this is what we did. We were praying for someone specific, we believe that the Lord revealed a person to us, and your red backpack is what made us flag you down. But can I ask you, why were you going that direction? And then you turned around and he said, I don't know, I felt like I was just supposed to turn around. So well, we heard the name Delia. does that mean anything to you? And he just starts crying. And he goes, This is a, a, a friend's mom that I'm really, really close to, and she's deathly ill. So we prayed for healing for Delia. I said, Does the name Jesse mean anything to you? Because one of the students, uh, they actually they actually heard this name and he and he cries more. And he says, One of my best friends just got out of prison and, and we we hadn't been able to locate him in two weeks, and, and we're fearing the worst. So we prayed for Jesse. I said, Man you got a backpack on and and you're riding your bicycle like, you're not homeless by chance, are you? And he's like, actually, yeah, I am. I'm living in a warehouse down the street. And we just began to share the gospel and share Jesus with him and he was already a believer and, and just felt the love and we overloaded him with food and we gave him water. And this is what it's like when you hear the voice of God and you act upon what you heard. I wish that you could have seen the faces of these students. This isn't, this wasn't all these words that came from a pastor that, that quote-unquote is trained to hear God. This actually came from students that were freshmen, sophomores, seniors, and juniors. I love this because the Holy Spirit, He speaks to those who will listen and then do something with what they heard. And I believe that that is you this morning. God is speaking, and He wants you to believe that you can hear him. Step number two, key number two is, create an appetite for God. We have to create an appetite for God in order to be able to know that you hear God, but then also to believe that you actually heard God. It's extremely tough to believe that you heard God if you don't know his character and you don't know his nature. God's heart is in his words, God's heart, His heart, his character is in his word, it's in his voice and we have to tap in, we have to start developing a disciplined relationship with the Bible. It's hard to know what God is saying if you don't know what God has said. It's hard to know what God's heart is for you right now if you don't know that his heart was for you then when he wrote the scriptures. So falling in love with the scripture, falling in love with the Bible, it helps you know the things that he has said about you. It it helps you know the things that he has said about the people that he's sending you to minister to. But if you don't know his character and you don't know his heart from reading the scriptures and finding out what that is, it'll sound a lot like you when he whispers to you. But the more that I spend time with his word, the more I begin to know his heart. And the more that I take those moments and then I go into these intimate, secret places with God, which I believe is is incredibly important, you have to cultivate intimacy in your relationship with God. You have to find times where you intentionally, this is pre-planned, pre-planned moments for you to spend alone with God, with the intention of this. Father, I just wanna be with you. I just wanna know you. The more that I know him through his word and just being around him, the more I'll believe that he actually said I could do the things that he said I could do and I could be the person that he said I could be. When I hang out with my wife or when we were dating, the more that we hung out, the more that we realized the affections that we had for one another. And as I began to receive something from her, and as she began to receive something from me, it made me want to be around her more and more and more. It's the same with God. When you make intentional time with God, I promise you, he'll show up. I promise you he'll come. There was a young, a young guy that used to lead worship for us in youth and I, I just asked him a simple question. I'm like, hey, do you feel the power of God come on you when you worship? And he said, absolutely not. Like, i I don't, I don't take the time to get into the presence of God before I worship. I just, I use the gift that he gave me. I was like, okay, here's what I'm gonna have you do. This isn't something that you're gonna, I'm gonna ask you to do, this is what you have to do. Go get in a room and don't come out until you know God's presence was with you. Then you can actually start leading. And what happens is, in those moments when you know that God is with you, you start craving that moment again and again. This is the appetite that I'm talking about developing. So we have to fall in love with His word and we have to fall in love with these moments where we just hang out with God. We practice being with God. Key number three. I'm gonna buzz through this one and the last one. I'm attracted, uh, key number three is this. Submit to a leader that knows and hears God submit to a leader that knows and hears God. I'm extremely attracted to leaders that say things like, I heard God say, or I heard the Lord say, or I felt the Lord say, and so I did. Because it reveals to me two things. One, they practice being with God, and two, because they believe that they heard God, they actually act on what they heard. They have faith, they have trust. One of my favorite stories in all the scripture is found in 1 Samuel chapter three. You could turn there. I'm gonna read it really quickly. It's starting in verse one. It says this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Now think about that. It was rare in those days when we're talking about hearing God and believing that we heard God. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and laid down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So he doesn't know the voice of God yet. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears and everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons have made themselves vile. And he did not restrain them. And therefore I've sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned by, by, for by a sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here I am. This is an incredible transaction between Samuel and Eli. My key is, key number th- number three was submit to a leader that knows the voice of God and responds to the voice of God. I want you to notice what happens in the scripture. Three times Samuel hears his his voice called, yet he runs to the man that he can see that he's submitted to. And three times. The man that he submitted to tells him to go lay back down, but every single time, where did he run? He ran to the voice that he knew hears God or that he was actually supposed to just be submitted to. There's something that happens when you allow yourself to be submitted to a a leader that knows God. Because what happened, finally, in a time where the word of the Lord was extremely rare, He responds to the man that he had been following, and the man that he had been following perceives. Means he gains understanding that the Lord is actually talking to Samuel and says, go lay down again, and if you hear your name again, respond to God. His relationship with Eli got him into this place where finally he had an interaction with God and he received his very first prophecy. This is how I parent my kids. We have a thing in our house and sometimes we're excellent at it and sometimes we're not. And sometimes our kids are excellent at it and sometimes they're not. But when I call my child's name, I expect them to come where they heard my voice. I don't expect them to call back from their room or wherever they are. I expect them to come to my voice. Why? Because I hopefully by doing that I'll teach them to respond to a voice of a leader so that eventually they'll respond to the voice of God. When we allow ourselves to fall under submission to a leader, we're setting ourselves to hear God, but also believe that we heard, heard God because they'll always encourage us in those moments. I remember one time my daughter, she came, she was about seven, and she had an altercation at school, which is weird because they're homeschooled. It wasn't at our house. They're actually part of a, a community and they meet on, on Mondays with the community. And She had an altercation at, at the community that day. It was so fun. And uh, we had some people over and, and she comes to the, to, the, to the kitchen table and she's like, Dad, can I tell you something? i like, yeah, baby, what's up? Um, I, think I, I, said, what? I think I heard Jesus. I said, what? I think I heard Jesus. I said, what happened? It's like, well, I was in the bathroom, and I was going to the bathroom, and I was praying for that boy that was really mean to me today. And I, I heard something say, I'm going to help that little boy. I love that little boy. She said, so I got up, and I looked in the bathtub, and no one was in there, and I looked under all the sinks, and I looked under the cabinets, and I even looked in the drawers. Nobody fits in the drawers. And there was no one in there, and I think it was Jesus. And I said, baby, I guarantee you it was Jesus. Why would I say that to my daughter? Because I want nothing more for her to know that she can hear the voice of God and that she could actually do the things that he said that she could do. I'm breeding in them this belief in God and in themselves when they find themselves in Christ. We have to find ourselves in this place of practicing submission to people that we know hear God. I'm gonna close with this one. Key number four is, it's very, very simple. Just go for it, just go for it. If you think you heard God, and you're submitted to a leader, and you've practiced being with God, and you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you've allowed the word to be your compass. It, it, it confirms his heart, or it denies his heart. And you've done all of those things. Just go with what you heard. I got to go fly fishing for the first time, and if you haven't never done that, it's it's life changing. It's amazing. I believe that God is in the river. It's so awesome. And uh, what they explained to me and they taught me how to do this was they said, "Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're cast." the fly, into the current. And you're going to watch it. And if you think, or if you feel like you get a bite, set the hook. Oftentimes they're like, it will be that your, your fly is actually catching rocks. But sometimes when a fish bites, it feels exactly the same. So in order to not miss the fish, set the hook every time. And so I set the hook every time. And I caught one fish all day long and I don't know how many times I set the hook a lot of times but you know what I did when I missed the fish I just casted my bait back in the current and did it all over again do you know that you have the option of when you miss God to just get back into this place of Lord I missed it but I'm trying to listen to you and he'll give you the opportunity to hear and believe that you heard once again If you bring up a a fish, you obviously keep the fish. That is something to celebrate. If you have a word from the Lord and you carry it out and you actually put your faith and your trust behind it and it comes to pass, celebrate it. If you set the hook and you bring up a stick, don't keep the stick. Don't keep the bad word and say, well, I feel like this is what the Lord said and it's producing nothing good in your life. Just put it back in the water. Throw yourself out there again. Cast yourself out there again and wait until you feel like you got another bite. I'm telling you, if you'll put all of these keys in a place, you'll create some guardrails where even when you miss it, you won't be crushed. And can I tell you, you should actually miss sometimes. You should actually think that you heard God, go for it, and miss it. Because when you do, if you have all of these things in place, it'll remind you that you have to trust God all of the time. If you get it right every single time, or you wait until you know that you know that you know that you know that everyone else knows that you know, and then you go for it, you'll start moving from a place of trust and into a place of control. And the moment that you start controlling and you actually do miss it, it'll crush you. It's okay to miss because the stream is still flowing and the Holy Spirit still wants to speak. Put your bait back out in the water. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.